Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Today, you'll hear from Angela Lee, she, her, who we first met in high school, but she later moved out to Buffalo, New York, so it has been a hot second. Today, you'll hear her talking a little bit about visiting California for the first time, her journey from Cornell to two years working in D.C. to starting Harvard Law School soon, moving lots, relationship with their brother, hobbies, strong opinions about public versus private high school, and awesome recommendations. Hope you enjoy. How long have you been at Stanford now visiting? I have been here since last Friday. So this is my fourth day in town. It's my first time in California, first time visiting Stanford and Palo Alto and San Francisco and all those places. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, so that is a big trip. How long are you there for? Until this Friday. Okay, so that's fairly short. Yeah, yeah. I'm still place. working. Are you sitting outside around some common area or what is this space? Yeah, yard next to a little student area. I listened to a few episodes. I listened to Rohini's and Hannah's episodes, and it's like I'm catching up with them through this podcast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Good stuff. Have you chatted with them in a while? I saw Rohini recently because she came to D.C. to visit, but otherwise, no, not really. It's been a while since I've talked to anyone from Troy. Yeah, dude. Hot second, mate. We missed you when you left, and I feel like we haven't yeah. really talked since then. <laughs> It's a long way to Michigan from the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, only an hour flight, but okay. It's a long way mentally. <laughs> it is, it is. It's the Midwest. It's like a different world. Yeah. yeah. So are you based out of D.C. for a while now? Yeah, I've been in D.C. since I graduated two years ago, and I've been working at a political nonprofit. Yeah, a bit of a pit stop between schools, between undergrad and law school. Yes, yeah, snaps. Did you know you wanted to go to law school for a bit or was it a, a DC influence? I definitely knew I wanted to go to law school. Take two years in between college and law school to have enough time to apply, take the LSAT. But working in DC has definitely clarified my goals for going to law school. It's taught me more about the legal and political systems, how lawyers can use their skills to effectuate change and all of that. It definitely did not talk me out of going to law school, which I was afraid was going to happen. So that's good. Nice. Is this going to be your first time living in Boston? It is. Yeah. I was something. <laughs> I can't say I love it yet, but I'm sure I'll find things to like about it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a four-year program? Three years, actually. Three years. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you already know people who are in the same entering class? Uh, I know a couple of people from Cornell, but not super well. So this is pretty much a brand new environment for me. Good stuff. Lit, mate. Do you want to share a little bit about how it felt moving out of Troy and since then, that's super broad, so we could take it wherever you want. <laughs> All right. Since moving out of Troy, I feel that was a big inflection point in my life, to be completely honest. It was not ideal for school, moving in the middle of high school and starting the college prep process. But I think ultimately it all worked out. I was able to adapt to a new place, a new set of people in my life. And I think that kind of constant change and growth has been a big 
motivating factor for me. So much so to the point that I feel constantly moving around physically from state to the next is the only way I know how to grow. And I almost feel like if I settle down now, then I'm going to stop growing. Like I had the option to go to a law school in New York as well. And it was one of my top choices. But I also knew I wanted to work in New York long term after law school. So I figured this is probably the best opportunity for me to experience something new now instead of planting roots in New York immediately. But yeah, life since Troy. I went to college at Cornell, a great four years. I made some lifelong friends. Actually, all the people I'm visiting here in Palo Alto are people I met at college. Yeah, I was pre-med briefly, as many people are. Um, quickly realized that's not for me. Another big inflection point in my life, actually, is realizing I did not enjoy <laughs> classes. And it was a bit scary to figure out what I did want to do and trying to figure out if my passion for politics and the law was just a phase. It was just a nice break from all the STEM classes I take or if it's something I really would like to stick with long-term. And I think I made the right call. Six years in, I'm still interested in what I've chosen, going to law school, making the big commitment. So again, I think things worked out and I have faith. Yeah. How do you think the structure of school plays into your growth and time and the people you meet? That's a really good question since I've been out of school for a little bit and the structure of being a working young professional is completely different from school environment where you're surrounded by people your age with similar backgrounds and it's very easy to make friends so you're almost forced to make friends because you're living with your peers all of your friends live within walking distance and all of that and then once you leave that environment for me moving to a city to start working was very isolating at times because my coworkers are like 30 and above we have nothing in common children like they need to be with their kids on the weekend what am I supposed to do to hang out with them so it's a different pace of life for sure Um, but I also enjoy that during work as I'm sure after five o'clock or whenever your job ends that time is yours you can do whatever you want with it whereas at school it was like a constant non-stop grind and I do enjoy having work-life balance which is not something I had in school at all The prospect of going back to school and putting myself back into an environment where it's like a 24-hour grind is a bit daunting, but I'm hoping that the perspective I've gained in the two years I spent working will help me separate school from the rest of my life, which I hear is something that people who go straight to law school after college struggle with, and people with a little bit more time working, different professional experiences, find that transition to be easier. Yeah, that is huge. I'm sure the types of people you're meeting are also a bit more diversified than in college just because of the nature of grad school. But yeah, May, I cannot imagine going back to school right now. And I've only been working for about a year, but I feel that there are so many of there's so many of the pros of school that you can get in other ways with less cons, but probably just on the less extreme note, right? Like the types of people you're meeting are more of a toss-up in the outside world, but I feel it's way more diversified and that's really nice to experience too. But kudos to you for finding this interest and committing so hardcore to it. Like that, I feel like in the 20s is difficult, at least for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big commitment. And I'm still trying to figure out what within the law is my passion. And I think that will definitely change. 
But yeah, like you said, early 20s is a very tumultuous period. You're moving around a lot physically. Your views on things are changing. Your relationships are in flux. In a way, it's a very exciting time. But for myself, it can get very turbulent, for sure. Yeah, word. Is your brother and mom still in Buffalo? Is that where you moved to for a bit, right? Yes, that's right. That's where we lived right after Troy. Since then, we have moved back to Florida for two years and then New Orleans for one year. And now they are in New Jersey, Princeton to be exact. They've moved a lot too. Oh, shit. Yeah, that is a lot. And what age is your brother now? Has he been moving a lot through his K through 12? He has. Yeah, he's 13. So he's moved a lot growing up. I think he's in seventh grade now. I think my mom is trying to make it so we stay put for the next four or five years until he goes to college, at least. Yeah, dang. That's a really big change in the lifestyle. Do you see like parts of yourself and your brother and the development of him as he moves a lot? I guess that's a pretty big age range and life phase, but how do you think it impacts him being younger and how has your relationship evolved over time? I think we're definitely a lot closer now that he is like a sentient human being and no longer a child. <laughs> we share somewhat similar interests. I'll send him memes. <laughs> like he's gotten to an age where he appreciates memes. And I try to get him books that he might be interested in for Christmas and his birthdays and stuff. I do see a lot of myself in him, but I hope that he will grow out of those things as I have. I think right now he's very shy and withdrawn and he's not really spent this age. And I just hope he realizes that the relationships that he makes with friends and other people in his life are some of the most valuable and rewarding things that he can do. I know it's scary to go and talk to people, but the reward and the payoff is much greater. <laughs> yeah, totally, mate. How are you going to navigate meeting a whole lot of people at once through school? And what do you think are some of the traits you value most in friends? Yeah, meeting new people in law school is going to be an overwhelming experience, I'm sure. Um, again, with that socially engineered environment, they put a bunch of people with the same background around the same ages in one space and just let us loose. In law school, there's a lot of opportunity, friends for sure. In the first year of law school, everyone takes the same classes together. You spend basically all of your time in class with the same set of people. And I hear that is really great for forming lasting friendships. And I'm very excited for that environment. There's also events called bar review, which is a pun on the bar exam and also bars. Like drinking is a big part of law school culture. Every Thursday, law students will go out to a bar near the area and just hang out and chat with each other. I'm also very much looking forward to joining student organizations that are more social justice oriented. Um, that's why I came to law school. I want to hold on to those values and not get swept into the corporate law track, which nothing wrong with that. It's just not the reason I went to law school personally. So it's going to be very easy to get co-opted into that career path. So I think it's going to be essential to find people who share my values and hold on to each other for support as we go through this experience. Yeah, facts. Do you think there's really strong opposing opinions within a law school class? And how do you think that impacts whether it's the division or the cohesion of different opinions in school? It's a great question. 
I'm not sure what to expect in terms of people's political and legal beliefs, honestly. I think the law of student body still tends to lean liberal, although there's definitely a strong contingent of more moderate and conservative students, especially at a place like Harvard. And I think for a lot of law students, these debates are abstract of people's lives and their material circumstances. And I think that's what allows a lot of debates in law school to proceed in a productive fashion. So I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to be a part of that as a person who cares about the material circumstances and the consequences of like debating whether marginalized communities should have rights or have access. These things are personal and they're real to me. They're not just legal theories to be debated in the classroom. But also I understand that to have productive dialogue, it's important to weigh all perspectives and at least give opposing opinions a fair shot. Yeah, damn. No, I feel like you sound very eloquent already. So you're going to be well prepared for debates. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> How do you feel like charisma or maybe some of the first impression traits play into debate? Yeah, a more charismatic person is going to have an easier time expressing their thoughts and winning people over. But fortunately, a performance is a big part of it, I think, but also the evidence and the substance of your argument also really having a conversation in class or writing a research brief or something for court or for your professor. That's why I'm drawn to the law, because as good as you are at performance, you also have to back it up with substantive research and argumentative skills. Good shit. And do you still like drawing? I don't know if I remember this correctly, but I feel you were quite artistic throughout high school as well. I don't know if I am a good artist. (laughs) I definitely doodled a lot. Um, I do want to find an outlet for my creative energy, though. I feel a lot of my work right now is very brain heavy, theoretical and cerebral work. And I want to have an outlet for this creativity. We used to be an orchestra together, but I stopped playing violin when I went to college. I don't know if you still play violin or piano. No. (laughs) A thing of the past and perhaps the future, but definitely not the now. Perhaps the future, aspirationally in the future, I will pick up my instruments again. Yeah, really Um, strong, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. Do you still have a creative outlet? What do you do in your spare time? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same. Because I move so much, a lot of it is talking and listening, to be honest. I don't know if that really is a hobby, but Mm. even this podcast is probably the most hobby thing that I have. And it's a pretty new thing, but yeah, there's crutches behind me. I'm still trying to heal from foot surgery. So honestly, just taking care of my physical health post-college has been a struggle and takes a lot of time and energy that I just never had to think about before. So whether it's biking or swimming or working out or just focusing more on sustaining my body, <laughs> I still love the outdoors and all of that. So that's a great channel, which fits well with moving around a lot too, because Moving through the city, I feel, is just an awesome way of getting to know the area. So yeah, meeting new people, enjoying the outdoors, doing this podcast. Right now, NBA playoffs are huge. So that has been fun. But yeah, I don't know. Because those are like the healthy things. The unhealthy things are like (laughs) the drinking, the going out. So trying to just enjoy 
this lifestyle of living alone from the first time too. No major complaints on my side, but I feel like part of it is figuring out what are the things I'm going to continue doing in my free time. And I think this podcast has landed on something that I've really enjoyed, but it's only been a couple months, which is like quite long for me to continue liking something. So this is on a good track, I think. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so cool that you have a podcast catching up with people in your life. I feel like it's such a big endeavor to create this out there it's on spotify like people can listen to it and i think that's just a really cool project to undertake i mean kudos to you all i feel like i'm just asking the question you guys are sharing all the hot spicy stories and how you're feeling mm. so no i appreciate you and everyone else a lot what other things do you enjoy doing in your free time nowadays i definitely cook a lot it's also something I have to do because I have to eat a hobby. Every time I have to feed myself, I'm practicing this hobby. I read a lot too. I really liked reading as a kid and then just stopped in high school and college. And now I'm finally getting back into reading for fun. I also do yoga. That also came with the sustaining my body piece. I was getting back pain from sitting all day at work. <laughs> I was like, I have to, something has to change. It's more of a, like a necessity, but now it's become a hobby yeah still looking for that creative outlet I haven't touched my violin in literally eight years and <laughs> maybe one day are you gonna bring it to Boston that would be step number one <laughs> yeah I feel like I would fail that step off the bat <laughs> to bring it to Boston <laughs> Dude, packing the stuff that's not gonna make the list <laughs> definitely not I wouldn't want to subject my roommates to me relearning the violin again <laughs> yeah that's one way to either attract or detract <laughs> yeah no a rough start just screeching away in my room when did you get into cooking what are some of the cuisines you enjoy making nowadays I got into cooking towards the tail end of college when I was living off campus and had to cook for myself at first it was very utilitarian I need to make something to eat but since then I've gotten more creative. I enjoy exploring new recipes. Seeing what I can make with just what's in my fridge and not looking up recipes has also been the big next step in my cooking journey. I still find myself cooking a lot of Asian food. I make all of the recipes that my grandma used to cook for me. Um, I also make a lot of pastas, also very comforting, especially in the winter. I made something recently that I was really proud of. And now I'm forgetting. Oh, I made drunken noodles with fresh Ooh. rice noodles that I got from a Thai grocery store near me. And it was actually so easy to make. Like after this, I'm never going to pay $15 at a restaurant for drunken noodles again. Just make it at home. Yeah, damn. I cannot find the motivation to get into cooking, but I feel it's such a lovely time to just create something for yourself to consume. Like, that concept, I fuck with so hard. But then you gotta go to a supermarket to figure out a lot of items. Cooking and eating alone, like you can't get that much variety because it's for yourself. Then I have to worry about the spoilage. And then if I'm cooking hungry, that's the worst. So I don't know. I can't do it. But I <laughs> love to continue feeling inspired by people who are into it. <laughs> and maybe one day that'll compound into getting out of this inertia. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, maybe back to uh, things. How, like, I get, what's your take on humanity in 10, 20 years? And what do you think someone like me who has zero law knowledge and 
little time to get into it. Like, how can people like me do something about changing that trajectory? Oh, very interesting. Racism and misogyny, just to name a few, are always going to persist in society. So I think these are evergreen issues. And whenever people like you or others who are interested in learning more about these things, there's always going to be stuff in the news for you to learn about. There's always going to be smart people writing books on these topics. I think the first getting a sense of where things stand now in order to see how you can best contribute your skills and your expertise towards addressing some of these big existential social issues like climate change, things like that. I do that there's so many different people in the world all doing their own things. Like I'm sure what you study in college, I have no idea about. And that goes for all of our friends, like Rohini's in med school, Hannah's a nurse. Like these are things that I we'll never get the chance to experience but I think it's really cool that we can come together and put our different skills towards causes that we care about so let me ask you is something you're considering learning more about these things and these issues I think like obviously I just want to live in a world where the environment is more positive for people like no matter the background, the status, etc. But I, as one human, sometimes feel powerless and uneducated in a way of how to best contribute. And so because of that, my way right now is living in different places to understand different types of people, different types of lifestyles, grow my skills in the backgrounds of engineering and business that I studied in different contexts to one day do something. But I don't really know necessarily what that something is and I think the mentality of oh one person is so powerless I'm not going to do anything is really dangerous mindset but I guess my way of contributing right now is almost just consuming a lot of different experiences but I'm not really outputting necessarily and I feel in the 20s it's just trying to stay open-minded and grow what my opinions and values are but these aren't things that I'm like thinking about necessarily on the day-to-day But I personally am like pretty pessimistic about future of humanity. I can't say that I'm necessarily contributing to change it in a way. I don't know if that's dissonance or figure it down the road. But yeah, it's definitely not like a now thing. I feel like I'm doing so. I don't know, which Mm. feels like very different from like you and other people who are going to law school and specifically working at some of these organizations. That was a whirlwind of thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm resonating with a lot of what you said because it does feel very challenging times to for me to think about being one person in a massive entrenched system what am I going to change if we're being practical about it and I can definitely see at this point in our lives we're we have still so much learning to do still about the world and I'm positive that my opinion on things are going to change with time. And I think there's nothing wrong with just saying about the world and about yourself right now as a person. And I have full faith with enough time and energy that you put towards growing your own skills, you'll be able to put that towards something you care about. And that's, I think, all we can really do. Again, we're one person. And I think it's very comforting to think that whatever we do now is, in the grand scheme of the universe, insignificant. 
I know some people are freaked out by that. Nothing I do fuck up things enough. <laughs> That's really nice to think about. I think all we can do is work towards what we believe in whatever capacity that we enjoy and what we're good at. Words, wise words from an older sister. <laughs> do you talk with your mom a lot about these different perspectives and how do you think some of that generational and cultural differences play into opinions? It's hard for me to talk with my mom about these things. I think she is from a very different world. She's an immigrant from a different country. She's a different generation, like you mentioned. She's very perplexed as to why I'm choosing to use my law degree towards public interest. If you have $215,000 out of law school, why don't you do it? Um, And I think that's an ongoing task is to convince her that I want to care about the work I do, even if that comes at a financial cost to myself. That's just one thing that's very hard to get across this generational and cultural divide. But she's coming around to it. I told her, and she seems supportive instead of being like, why do you need therapy? <laughs> but yeah. Do you find the same challenges with talking to your parents about things that you're passionate about that they don't understand? Yeah, it's always like, why not? Why not? Which I think is just such a different mindset that I have. I have come around to just like respecting that mindset as well in a way. I'm not really trying to change their mind on that. And because I'm a formed independent financial adult, I can make my own decisions. Like I don't really need that support necessarily right at the beginning. And I know now repetitively that like I can go on without it, but that disconnect doesn't always feel great, but respecting that they just came from a different world and they have a different mindset. And I don't know. They're not really going to change my mind and I don't really need to change theirs either. Maybe it's just compartmentalizing a bit. Do you think (laughs) you see differences in the way your mom has raised you versus your brother? Oh, I do actually. She was very hands-off with me. She was never that tiger mom pushing me to do different things in high school so I can get into college. But now with my brother, my mom has become more well-versed with the American educational system. She has watched me go through high school and watch my friends do different things in high school and college. So now she's taking that experience and pushing it onto my brother, actually. So he's getting more of the tiger mom treatment than I ever did. But I also do think she's a little more relaxed with how she's raising my brother. But it's that second child mentality. Like, no matter what I do, things will turn out okay. Which is weird because at the same time, she's, like I said, making my brother go to these lessons, making him join organizations. She's thinking of enrolling him in a private school for high school because I guess that's what a lot of her friends are doing. And I really don't think it's worth the money because it's undergrad these days. And we all went to public high school. We all are doing pretty impressive things now despite not going to a private school like we turned out good I've also met a lot of private school kids in college that I don't vibe with and I'm just really afraid of my brother turning out that way (laughs) yeah I have strong opinions about our public school experience but also trying to recognize we had a special public school experience you talked a little bit about the school disconnect from Troy to Buffalo High School, but the caliber of Troy High, like we did get pretty lucky with what public school means. So I know when I talk about public school, it's a different type of public school. However, I, yeah, that like poshness, extravagance, like status prestige of the private school, I think definitely 
gets to me and I'm sure both of our campuses had similarities a little bit in that sense too but yeah damn Troy was a freaking unique place how was that different from Buffalo High School damn that's a really good point Troy was a meat grinder of a school I feel like it it definitely prepared me for the rigors of college <laughs> I was never that stressed at Cornell because I handled much worse <laughs> when I was in high school <laughs> and that difference was very clear when I moved to Buffalo. The school I went to was also a great public school with a lot of high achieving students, but it could not compare to Troy. And I suddenly found myself one of the most competent people in school, <laughs> which was such a jarring change because I feel like everyone, especially in our friend group at Troy, works so hard. And I felt like I was falling behind relative to some other people. And then I found myself in a completely different environment where I suddenly became one of the hardest working people <laughs> at the school. And that's not to brag or anything. It's just like you said, Troy was a very unique experience. And it could be toxic at times, but also it gave me the work ethic I have today. <laughs> yeah, facts. People to call friends, so facts yeah i feel that is a thread among some of these podcasts for sure i feel now we've almost converged a little bit whereas college was a lot of divergence for us like troy then we left everyone had their own experiences i don't think it was like reconnecting as much but now it's like we've converged back into similar reflections of how troy played into college and now in the 20s i feel like it's a whole lot more similar experiences even for someone who moved so i love it lightning round yeah let's do it but what is one thing you wish everyone knew how to run a dishwasher <laughs> and this is coming <laughs> from my current roommate situation <laughs> in dc yes <laughs> did they break it or something i live with three men right now and it's fine for the most part one of them just has never run the shows like he presses a bunch of random buttons on it and it just doesn't start and then I have to do it yeah I wish everyone knew how to do basic adult chores run a dishwasher <laughs> do you write him like a note on the dishwasher like press here <laughs> I should definitely do that but that's already the on button so I don't know how much more clear I can make it <laughs> how did you find this living situation are they like similar age dudes Yes, I moved to D.C. with one close friend from college and two other people I knew there. And then there was a lot of turnover as people moved out, got jobs, went to school and stuff. So now I'm living with that one close friend plus two strangers that we found on the Internet. So yeah. more or less going fine or what's the vibe? It's chill. I'm moving out in a few months, so I don't really care anymore. They're all very nice. The one that doesn't know how to run a dishwasher he went to high school with Barack Obama's daughters at a private school in DC. So this is another point in my anti-private school <laughs> viewpoint is like, if my brother goes to private school, he's going to come out not knowing how to do his own dishes. And I don't want that for him. <laughs> oh, that's too good. What are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities for all humans? And feel free to find what you think are necessities for all humans. Okay. <laughs> I could not live without music, a good story, whether that's a TV show, movie, book, whatever, and to talk to. Word. I love it. A lot of content in your life. 
Yes, content. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, any content recommendations? Yes, actually. So I recently finished this book called Babel, and it's a historical fantasy book set in Britain in the 1830s. So during their industrial revolution, this industrialization is powered by silver magic in which you carve words of different languages onto silver bars and the little bit of meaning that's lost between the translation powers like what you want that bar to do so for example if you want to power a steamship you could write the word for ship in english and then ship in chinese and then there's never a perfect translation between two languages so the little bit of meaning that's lost between the translation that's the magic that powers the ship. I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it's a very cool concept. And it also, this book also works in themes of anti-imperialism, student revolutionaries. It's very tragic and very good. I would recommend people read that. Dang, that sounds intense and awesome. Lots of brain power (laughs) to consume that one, I think. (laughs) It's a page turner. You're not going to be able to put it down. Nice. Are you an avid language learner? What's the breakdown of international students, you think, when you're entering class? So most international students in law school are doing the LLM program, and that's because most of them have already gotten a law degree in their practice law in the U.S. They need an LLM degree. So I'll be in the JD program, which hopefully will still have a lot of international students. But yeah, we'll see. As for languages... I'm mostly just working on maintaining my Chinese. As of now, I took Chinese in, at Cornell, and that was very helpful. But without using it, it goes away really quickly. I also did one day of Korean Duolingo this year. So that's also a work in progress. Wow. Chinese is so hard, but so powerful, me. They're automatically connecting with almost like 25% of the world, no? Maybe even more. I'm not even yeah. Sure. The right percentage. Yeah. But can you read and write as well? What's your fluency there? Writing is tough. Reading is also tough, but less. (laughs) I think I could slowly make my way through like a New York Times article that's written in Chinese, like very slowly though. Wow, that is impressive, mate. You're strong. Yeah, you're at a strong level. And you mentioned earlier you wanted, you saw, you see yourself in New York for a bit in the future. Do you see yourself? living internationally or in China, for example? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm just starting to realize that I can live in different countries. Your experience sounds super cool right now. I would love to live in Europe or in China or the rest of East Asia. I would want to learn the language of the place I'm living in just to make things better. So we'll see how plausible it is for me to actually live in a different country. But yeah, it's definitely something I would love to pursue. And is that opportunities that you think happen over the summer what do law students do over the summer what do you want to do every summer is spent working and as I'm more interested in domestic U.S. politics and social justice and civil rights stuff I'll probably work in the U.S. but there is an opportunity to study abroad in law school which sounds really cool and Harvard has an exchange program with in China Renmin University and that's something I'm heavily considering but for the most part, I'll be staying put in the U.S. Word. Okay, cool. Anything else you want to share with the world for today? I mean, to the world, listen to Shannon's podcast. Like, it's sick. <laughs> Guessing me up. But also, yeah, to the I world. It. I don't know, 20 listeners. 
that's my world that's your world my corner of the world anything you want to say to past high school friends who we haven't chatted with in a while I guess visit me in Cambridge yeah (laughs) hot tourist spot Cambridge Massachusetts yeah 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 but for real if anyone wants to connect or text or anything let me know yeah three years is plenty so no excuses so true my door is always open (laughs) so you still want to find yourself in brazil in the next six months do let me know as well this was fantastic catching up thanks for picking up the text and sharing so openly today after many years means a lot to me absolutely yeah reaching out and offering this platform it was really great to talk to you again take care later great chatting bye cheers And that's a wrap for now. Angela Lee, everyone. See you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, a podcast where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things.